City again, and it's three, and an absolutely exquisite finish with two and a half minutes to go, and we've talked her up, Darren Hemp, and we've said what a good player she's going to be, and what a fine goal it was to wrap up the FA Cup final. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma, thanks for listening. As players break for international duty, we look back on September as pretty much the perfect start to the season. Three wins in three in the WSL without conceding a goal. Despite our injury worries, Nick has utilised the squad across all competitions and we've seen excellent team performances throughout. City confidently progressed in the Champions League to the last 16 following an 11-1 aggregate win over two legs against Swiss side Lugano. We now meet Atletico Madrid for the next stage of the competition. Certainly no strangers to one another, but having suffered defeat to Atletico at the Academy Stadium last season, which saw City knocked out in the early stages of the competition, City will be hoping for a different story this time round as progression would see us through to the quarterfinals. The dates for the ties have now been confirmed. The first leg will be played at the Academy Stadium on Wednesday the 16th of October. Kickoff is 7pm and the second leg will be played away on Wednesday the 30th of October. So for this week's podcast I'll be chatting to Dan Pentland, editor from the FAWSL full-time magazine. Great, to, Always great to speak to Dan. I haven't actually spoken to him this season so far but he was a regular last season, so it's great to welcome him back on the podcast again to get his thoughts on the season so far. We'll also probably chat about the Lionesses because they've got a couple of games coming up, haven't they, for their international break. Uh, a friendly against Brazil at Middlesbrough in front of a sold-out crowd of 30,000, which is incredible, at the Riverside Stadium. And then they'll be playing away in Lisbon against Portugal in the middle of the week. But first we hear from manager Nick Cushing and captain Steph Horton following Sunday's result away to Everton at Hague Avenue. Everton off the back of two wins and sitting top of the table, equal on points, heading into the game. It was always going to be a hard contest with Willie Kurt's team getting off to a strong start to the season. Steph Horton's free kick in the first half was the only difference between the two sides. Caroline Weir fouled by Molly Pipe before Horton stepped up and confidently drilled the ball in the bottom corner of the net, giving City an early lead. It was a wet afternoon and playing conditions were testing for both teams, but Everton showed they were here to compete this season, and this is definitely a fixture that we could possibly look back on as a really important win. first half was very good, um, very controlled, dominated the game, build-up was really good, created chances. Um, but we've said before, if we don't take the chances and put the game away, it leaves the game there for a team to try and nick a one-all. And in the last 15, 20 minutes were probably Everton's really because we allowed them to be able to throw high balls into the box, get it wide and get it in. And you know we had to rely on our resilience and our, our strong ability to defend to, to get through with a win. But yeah, please at the end of a difficult period of a lot of games to get the win was the, the main objective. I think they've definitely improved. They're a good team. Um, physically, they've got, you know, they were fit enough to, to last into the, the, the last stages of the game. But I think if you tour three in a lot, then the enthusiasm of the opponent goes and, and, and you don't have that. But because it's 1-0, it's always there, even if you're not in the game. And it takes one moment to score a goal and, you know, corners, set pieces, direct balls into the box. Um, 
we probably just didn't get the game away. We didn't put the game to bed, really. I thought we should have been two or three up at half-time. We had a few good chances. Then in the second half, we came up with three chances straight after the half-time. Pauline had a header that should have went in. Janine had a chance at the end. You know, I think the story of the game for us is that we probably should have scored more goals. But I thought our build-up in the first half was very, very good, and we got a lot of opportunities. I thought the water, and we spoke about this half-time, the water killed our build-up because it stopped us from being able to play across the pitch because the... So, once we, we once we lost the width yeah, of the pitch, yeah. we had to go direct with our build-up, and it's not our game. And then the game becomes end to end, and so I think the water sort of killed our build-up and that helped their press in the second half. You look at the likes of Bonner and Steph; I thought they were incredible yeah. today, especially when Alicia Hughes came on and they had that real physical battle against her. Jill and, and Kira and Casuio through the middle of the park. Look, everyone today put a shift in them. I suppose to be a top team, you have to when things aren't going for you or you're playing against good teams like Everton are. You have to make sure you can bring that other side of your game and be strong and be resilient and, and, and be almost like dogged. And I thought we were today, I thought we did that very well. Really pleased to get Hemp back on the pitch. She, she was going to start the game, but you know the team's playing well. But she's back in the team now and available. She went on and done well. Um, hoping to have more players back after the international break now. So, you know, it's competition for places is there. We're probably in a period where it's been so busy that to, to almost like split off as a group will almost be, will be healthy for us. We want them to go and play well for their international teams, but we've got to make sure that when we get back that we continue the form and the momentum and the, and the real good form that we've had over the last five games. Every game is important. You look, this, this league is super competitive now. You know, we, we know that Everton, Birmingham, Reading, they're all going to be difficult games and then obviously like Man United and Arsenal are going to bring a real challenge. So yeah, we, we just got to make sure now we rest as a, as a staff, let the players go off internationally. People like Billy and Chris and... and, and you know, the coaches at Reading have improved their teams this year, Man United, West Ham have improved. It's going to be super competitive this year and you know, draws here or there or, or losing games you know, harms your chances of winning trophies. So to turn this game into a win was really important today. The games in 2014-2015 when two teams dominated everybody, that's gone now. And it's so much better for, for the fans and for the, for the game. It's, you know, we want it to be three, four, five teams that can compete for the league. We want it to be you know, teams that are pushing to get into cup finals and of course it's going to grow the game and for me as a coach it makes me work harder it makes the challenge greater so I've got to find solutions and make sure that the team is prepared better to play against better teams when you look at the likes of Caroline Weir this year she's been excellent for the start of the season and maybe last year she was good but not not reaching her full potential the likes of Pauline Bremer coming back into the team and scoring consistently Janine Becky's chipping in with goals those players that we wanted more from last year and maybe we're in and out of the team and now in the team and, and pushing hard so yeah of course we make the challenge hard because we know the teams are better and, and at the minute the players are taking that responsibility and, and making sure we perform well for wins no look i think obviously you practice them every single day and um, obviously did a good job of trying to make the keepers view a little bit unsighted so for me it's just all about getting on target and uh, thankfully it went in I think obviously every game that we have is always going to be one stage where the opposition have a little bit of um, momentum and they have a little bit of control of the game but I thought we defended really well I think obviously another clean sheet to add to our tally now so it's important that we make sure that defensively that we're resolute and we're solid and there's stuff we can always work on um, in both attack and defence but we're going in the right direction Pauline, likes Pauline, Janine, um, uh, Tess, Caroline they've been hitting the back of the net and it's important that we continue to do that. We keep providing them with chances. And for them, I think they might be a little tiny little bit disappointed that we could have put a little bit more away. But look, you can't fault their work rate up there. It's, it's hard. They've got to start or press. They put people under pressure along with Jill Scott. And for us, it's all about trying to control the game. And uh, we did that in spells today, but we know we can be better. But look, it's three points. I think I look back at the game and obviously maybe the last 10 minutes, and um, they put us in a little bit more pressure. But 
I look at saves that Elliot are making, there was hardly any. I think we conceded two or three corners. So for us, I think we've got to be happy with how we're performing. And if the scoreline says 1-0, and probably looks a little bit closer. But for us, I think if we'd put our chances away, then it would have been a fair reflection of our performance. As a back four and a keeper, we, we want to be helping the team as much as we can. And the way that we do that is by keeping clean sheets. And obviously a new partnership with Gemma, and we're working on it all the time. We're trying to make sure that we bring the best out of each other, along with Aoife and along with Demi and the likes of um, Megan and Matilde that come in over the last few games. So for us as a defensive unit, it's about um, winning our tackles, winning our headers, doing the basics right, but also keeping the ball out the net. Every time we do play Birmingham, it's always tough. It's always quite even and they've made a lot of changes to their squad, so have we. So for us, it's about going, to, going on international duty now and enjoying it and hopefully coming back fit and healthy. Raymond to go to get hopefully another three points against Birmingham. We want to go in every game, win in every game. So for us, the, the objective doesn't change no matter who we play. And uh, we've got a big month coming up in October, and um, we've got games every two, every three to four days. So for us, it's about um, keeping everybody fresh, keeping everybody mentally tuned in, and continue to win like we have been doing. really good thanks it's been ages i mean the last time i spoke to you was obviously last season you've been so busy with the magazine and one thing and another how's it going yeah it's not going bad um obviously i'm happy that we're in our second year we're still always opening our arms towards new people coming to buy the magazine and we've got calendars out at the minute badges and obviously we're still doing the same old features on social media like team of the week some of the things which went down really well last year um, but yeah, we, we're hoping to continue to grow. Um, we had a solid year last year, um, and let's hope that it continues again into this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we love. I love the magazine. I read it every every issue, sort of thing, and I've kept up with it since issue one. So I'm quite proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but if uh, if you haven't looked, checked out the magazine, what's your Twitter handles, just so people can find you? Yeah, it's dead easy. It's f a w s l f t. So the name of the league with FT on the end. Sometimes we get mixed up with the Super League, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's us. Brilliant. So Dan, obviously start of the season. It's been quite an exciting start to the season so far. And what have you made of it? I think it's been really exciting. I think um, you've got two or three sides leading the way again. Obviously Arsenal and City look like they're going to be the the two to to beat. Third could be. A little bit of a toss-up, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Chelsea are playing quite well, but they have slipped up and dropped points already. And at the bottom, relegation could be any one of maybe four teams who could suffer that. So, you know, and obviously there's there's a lot of teams growing in the middle of the pack as well. Um, so, yeah, really, really excited with this season. Yeah, I mean, start of the season, I mean, from a City point of view, it's been really positive. You know, we've had three really good wins. And, um, you know, like you said, Everton up there can obviously competing at the top of the table. I mean, who'd have thought? Obviously, last season and then this yeah, season. Yeah, I, mean, I thought and... they'd do a little better, but, yeah, it's, it's it's been a good start for them. It's probably the perfect game for the first game when they played Birmingham aside, which have brought a couple of new players in. Um, they're still gelling. They're probably still looking to build an identity after last year, if you like, with so many players leaving, a couple of them going to City, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, it is surprising, but I suppose as, as the games come thick and fast, we'll, we'll kind of see what Everton are made of. Mm-hmm. So who has uh, stood out for you this season so far already? 
I think it's the two leaders, Arsenal and City, really. Arsenal, you wondered with the, the, the involvement in the Champions League, with a big pre-season as well, you just wondered whether they'd carry that momentum into the, the new season. Not a lot saying that. I think Joe Montemurio brought in a lot of players in early on in the summer, so they're bedded in quite settled. The evidence of City, I think, Nikushin's kind of kept with his, his English theme. Uh, bringing in talented young young English players. Ellen White, obviously, you haven't seen much of her yet, but she's going to be a big player. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the two clubs who probably recruited the best and, you know, they're the kind of leading the way. Obviously, um, Tottenham have, have done very well, Everton have done very well. So, yeah, it, it's unpredictable this season. I think whereas last year you knew that on and off the pitch, you were going to find, you know, have to make a real fist of it, and they did. Obviously, they, they weren't able to stay up in the end. Mm. But, you know, maybe it's a lot more competitive this year. I mean, especially with, like, the additions of United and Tottenham to the league. I mean, they have made a massive impact already. I mean, you know, United might have been unfortunate not to perhaps get more out of the games that they've played, but they have played some really good football. Yeah, I mean, Man United have brought in some good players, some international quality players. Um, the fixture list wasn't kind to them early on, having first and second, the first two games. So that, that wasn't fantastic from their point of view. Uh, followed by a local derby against Liverpool, which obviously they beat. Um, Spurs... Um, I've watched Spurs a couple of times in the second tier and I've been impressed by them. Um, I was a little worried if they would make the step up, but I think they kept us all quiet for a while until they brought those nine players in and there was some real experienced heads in there. Um, but saying that, I was at the West Ham Spurs game on Sunday and I thought Spurs, you know, the, the squad's come together well. They've got two fantastic coaches in Equan um, and Karen Hills. So, yeah, I think things are coming together for them. And, you know, they've got some really bright young players as well, you know, mixed with the old heads. And, you know, I think they might just be all right. Um, and what have you made of, um, you know, the, the the big attendances in the stadium so far and the impact that they've had on, obviously, the attendances in the league so far? I think it's been fantastic. I think City proved that you don't have to give tickets away to generally get the, the attendances. It's got to just be marketed right, you know. When we're launching it, we've probably got to pick the right games. You don't want to pick games where they get where a team gets hammered four or five nil. You don't want to pick a game which doesn't have particular appeal. So I think two or three of the big games have been derby games. But yeah, it's been great. But saying that, you know, I think we've got a long way to go because we've got to try and build that into a second game. You know, if City held another game at the Etihad, would they get that same appeal again? Obviously, mm-hmm. a real challenge to it. You know, to get kind of ten thousand plus crowd, um, and I think every club faces that. It's just how you get onto the next phase. And then I was speaking to to one of the guys from the FA on on Sunday, and you know that was one of the things we were discussing. Really, you know, it, it, I think that's the big challenge. What nobody really knows the answer to at the minute. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a quality product, great football at the minute. Um, second tier as well has been fantastic so far this year. There's three or four really, really good teams in that. So, you know, everybody should be really, really pleased about the game, the state of the game in this country and, you know, long may continue. You know, even with the growth of an average attendance across the league and at clubs throughout the league, do you think that would be obviously welcomed? I think we've just got to see an increase in the average match day attendance, really. You know, if if, if you get, you know, 20,000, 30,000, if you can get another 500 on your home crowd you know, five or six games in the season, then that's probably the level of success which you're looking at. Yeah. Um, or, as I say, if, you know, in the second half of the season, you're again hosting games at men's venues, you know, then, then that's a big success. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I'd use Reading as an example. I know Reading haven't played at home yet, but they they're going to play three games at the Medeski Stadium, and I know last year they played a couple of a couple of games there, and I think they were getting over two thousand. So, you know, to get that consistently when you're playing at your your men's home stadium is what you're probably looking at as as a base to continue. Mm. I think a lot of the feedback from like the Reading fans though is the fact that it's really difficult for fans to get to Adams Park to watch Reading. And obviously, by having it at the Majeski, it's it's easier to sort of up them attendances. Oh, without a doubt, I think what is it three miles out of High Wycombe? Yeah. Um, you know, and High Wycombe's not necessarily the easiest place to get to either. So, yeah, it's it's a problem. But I know that Reading are currently speaking with um, the owners as one club, if you like. And I know that the vision is to to move to the Majeski Stadium full time, which is exciting for them. Yeah. Um, and they've also got a new training ground coming up at the minute. And they're already hosting some training sessions on that and they're going to move in next year so mm-hmm. you know as a, as a club their structure could really come on yeah. um, you know in the next 12 months and you know they, they might lead the, the way in this really in terms of you know they, they could play full time at the men's stadium you know before any of the other clubs yeah and and obviously Everton as well I mean there's obviously been a lot of uh, feedback from fans about their stadium too it's similar sort of um, feedback really with regards to getting there and the distances and whatnot, and obviously with their new complex facility opening soon that's quite exciting as well so it's massive steps in the right direction isn't it really yeah I mean first and foremost you want your club playing in your hometown or city um, fans you know unless it's a big occasion some fans won't commute I think I was reading an article today about the men's game actually in Gloucester City um, where were homeless for I think this is the twelfth year because the the stadium flooded and I think they're playing anywhere be- well they played anywhere between kind of thirteen and twenty five miles away and their, their argument was when you're playing away from the town that regular and you know for that period of time you know you you kind of fans will go down now and again you know you just can't grasp those people yeah. and even then it puts a strain on you you know your week in week out fans so yeah it's, it's definitely important I think that every club particularly with the growth in the women's super league now you know they're playing in their hometowns you know where they can market things properly and people can see see the clubs visually um, you know and know that they're there England are playing this weekend obviously international duty at the moment a lot of players off with their um, clubs respectively internationally um, you said you're heading to the Middlesbrough well to Riverside to Middlesbrough at the weekend Obviously, Phil's announced his team. <laughs> what do you make of the call-ups? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I hate this because, um, you know, European competition's a couple of years away. Yes, obviously, we will have Chiba believes again. Um, but, you know, we're just a few weeks into the leagues and it's getting really exciting. The championship's absolutely excellent at the top. You've got two or three really, really strong clubs on the top of the game. Obviously, Super League's pulling out a lot of surprises and, again, you've got clubs just getting in the swing of things. So, I'm never a fan of when you have an international break at this time of the season. Yeah. Um, Brazil, I think you were at Notts County at the time, last time we played them. And, yeah. You know, they weren't particularly impressive. Um, I don't really know what kind of run out they're going to give um, Phil's side. Um, it felt a little bit like... They weren't there in the terms of their development when we saw them at Notts County. They weren't really typically Brazilian, if you like. Um, they were okay in the World Cup, 
Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of tests they provide. It just felt like a bit of a, a big, you know, showcase occasion for them a little bit at Notts, and you know, they, they didn't really give England a game as such. Mm. It was a little bit more about them making the trip over to England, but saying that, obviously, Phil's decided to go with a smaller squad this time, 20 players. I'm sure every every club manager will be hoping that there's no knocks. Obviously, we've already had a couple. Debbie Stokes is one of those, obviously. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be different. It'll be interesting, really, to see just how he how he manages the game because there'll be a lot of, well, there'll be at least 12 managers, um, you know, with their eyes upon him to make sure that he protects their players. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you want to be competitive and, yeah, it's a friendly, but we've got to start getting some momentum really as we look towards 2021. The last couple of fixtures have been quite disappointing performance-wise for England, I think. And obviously with the changes that Phil's made to the squad in terms of obviously the rotation of players and seeing players being played out of position, I mean, you can't even predict or kind of even have any any idea as to what Phil's got planning, obviously, for Saturday. I mean, we can't even... We don't even know what to expect, really, do we? No, I think, obviously, ticket sales have gone well, but... In terms of the, the build-up to the game, obviously Super League was in full swing last weekend. You know, spotlight was on West Ham. You know, with that big crowd. So, yeah, we're not really we're not really prepared for the game on Saturday. Really, in terms of you know, from a fans' point of view, um, you know, until, until it's here, we're not really. It doesn't really feel like we're in England mode. But, no. um, you know, we've got to start doing the talking now on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't be waiting two years to get into the swing of things we've got to start showing a bit more consistency certainly we've got to be less sloppy at the back mm-hmm. um, obviously Ellen's um, not fit at the minute so that's a bit problematic really um, but yeah we need we need to start threatening a little bit more being a bit more clinical in the final third but I think defensively from the last round of matches we've really got to pick up and you know we're talking about the full time game now we can't be making part time mistakes at the back yeah. Um, we've just got to be a little bit more resolute, a bit more organised, and you know we've got to, you know, looking at back at those two games in was it August now when they played. Yeah. Um, you know we, we've just got to look like a side who's going to who's aiming to be the top team in the world, and it's hard with these friendlies because it's you know you get to the sixty minute mark and it's choppy change really with the, the substitutions, um, but you know we've, we've got to be putting putting on a show and not only that you know next two games you're going to have over 100,000 England fans watching so you know you, you just don't want it to be a typical friendly people have got to want to come back and um, yeah you've got the big Wembley pull in November but you know when they're playing at another stadium you want the fans to come back and we don't want to be looking at you know 30,000 um, you know on Saturday and then back down to the 15s 20s Mm-hmm. you know come after Christmas but I think there's a bit of a gap isn't there I think we play at Wembley in November and then it's probably she believes after that I would have thought I think so yeah I think there's I a, mean, a big gap before there might have a training camp in January but is there not is there not usually just a, last year is there not usually just a camp where they just train yeah I think matches? so I think they just have kind of a, a keep in touch occasion don't they but yeah so I mean that, that's another reason really why we have to put in a couple of good performances because it's a long time until you're trying to get momentum back again early next year. Hmm. I mean, obviously we've got 
quality in abundance. I mean, you know, I wouldn't like his job, <laughs> you know, picking out an 11, no, right. 11 strong team. I mean, it's difficult, but would you like to see, I know. I mean, I know I would, but would you like to see a bit more consistency? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's hard because players get injured. Um, we've had a couple of, I mean, the, the World Cup wasn't too bad to us really in terms of injuries, but, um, you know, certainly before the World Cup, we had a couple of players. I think Jill Scott was one of the players who withdrawn. Yeah. You know, just to to nurse those injuries to make sure that it didn't affect them. Um, again, you're you're probably having people not players not taking um, risks this time round with um, you know with with the league as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's a hard job for them, but you know whoever's picked has to really stake a claim for the shirt. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the announcement for the swag gets made and you know you go on twitter and there's always like a wave of disappointed people why is such and such not called up why is what's somebody got to do to get a call up you know and i think we've just got to he's got to be ruthless really Mm -hmm. i think we've got that many players knocking on the door if players don't deliver or if players have had the chance and we haven't won anything Mm -hmm. you know i think he's got to be ruthless you know you look at the goalkeeping position I remember him saying to me in France in the summer that there's six or seven goalkeepers in the Women's Super League who could be playing for England Yeah. you know I think you've got Sophie Bagley there's one player I think she won obviously won a big award in the league last year you know but she's not in the Indian squad so yeah. I mean, you know, like... there's, there's a lot of players but then you look at people like Beth England and you know she's been one of the top players in the Women's Super League in the last couple of years and she, mm-hmm. only now is she coming in the squad so mm-hmm. yeah I think I think he's got to be ruthless and he's got to look at people you know and I, I don't want to single anybody out but I look at somebody like Tony Duggan I think Tony Duggan's been in the squad a long time how does she step it up you yeah. know she's been playing European football for me she's really got to be on top of her game and be somebody who shines when she's in that squad week in week out you know at, at every occasion when these games come round Gareth Southgate has announced the England squad today for their upcoming Euro qualifiers and there's been quite some big names dropped out of the squad and replaced by Young you know like Abraham and, and everyone like that you know some big names coming into the squad that have obviously had an impact on the Premier League since the start of the season and it looks as though they've been chosen purely on the performances that they've had. I mean, would you like to see more of that happen? Well, I mean, the first thing we've got to think about here is we've got to think about players who are going to fit in 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if, if we're preparing ourselves for that, if you've got players who are around now who aren't going to be available in 2021 or who might not be on the top of the game at that time, should they be included Mm-hmm. Should they be given a, a lesser role in the squad, you know, to, to help the, the younger bodies who are coming in? Um, I mean, when, when you speak about the men's squad, one thing I would say is that, you know, I've met I've met Tammy before and he's a fantastic character and he's a true professional and he's one of the most level-headed individuals you'll ever meet. He's, he's an absolute cracking lad. He's done well in under-21s. He's gone out on lawn. He's done superb everywhere he's gone. Um, and he's obviously rattling the goals in for, for Chelsea this season. So... You know, I think he's in that squad, but it's down to his own that hard work, really, and his mm-hmm. attitude. You know, he's, I, I don't think you'll get a player with a better attitude in England at the minute in the men's game than he's got. And, you know, it's, it's those kind of players which you're hoping, you know, the, these young players in, 
in the women's game that you hope they have that same attitude, that same desire, you know, the, the same work ethic as he's got. And, you know, those are the type of players that, yeah, you'd be thinking, you know, here's an olive branch, do you want it for 2021? It'd, be, it'd just be interesting to see what actually happens on, on Saturday and how he does sort of attack the game, if you like hopefully get a good result because I think we need to get one you know to to build the confidence back up in the squad because it just seems that you know obviously there were uh, Steph and Carly Telford were talking in the press this week and they were still saying that they you know they've not got over the hurt of the World Cup and you know so I think you know we've got to sort of focus on our next goal our next target and we need really need to put it behind us now yeah I think we need a performance Saturday I think one thing I would say about this is yes it's a friendly but the people up here uh, you know it'll be like a cup final to them because the England women's side haven't been up here for a long time yeah there was a little bit of disappointment that we didn't get any Euro 2021 games up here as well yeah um, I think Rotherham is the closest to, to Middlesbrough in terms of where they'll be hosting games. So there's a little bit of disappointment, but I know that the crowd are, are going to come out in the numbers. Um, but yeah, we, we need to be showing some potential on there. We need to be... I mean, it's difficult because there's no FA Women's Super League sides up here anymore. You know, obviously Sunderland aren't here anymore, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a good, perfectly good side in Durham on our doorstep as well, which we should never forget. They were just going from strength to strength and, you know, they want Super League in the long term. Um, but yeah, you, you, you just hope that you can entertain the fans, you know, people are pleased and see some development um, and, you know, we get those those playing supporters coming back. Yeah. Well, let's hope that we get a good result, um, not only at the weekend, but hopefully away uh, in Lisbon against Portugal in the middle of the week as well. Um, it was always really good to talk to you, Dan. Thank you for joining me tonight. I know that you're very busy. But um, just remind everyone again where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, best place to go for magazine. We've got calendars, which includes City at the minute, um, and our um, FA Women's Super League and Championship season badges as well. Um, so if you go on our Twitter feed, at FA Women's Super League, well, F-A-W-F-L-F-T, and you'll get all of the, the details on our Twitter feed. Brilliant. All right, Dan. Well, I hope to speak to you again soon. Uh, I hopefully won't leave it so long next time. Yeah, no problem. Alright, cheers Dan, thank you. And that's it for this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MCW Fancast. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.